Professor Patrick Bond. Thanks for speaking to us. Thank you, Sakina. Nice to be with you. Now, Prof, um, this climate change summit, this COP21, is uh, said to be the most important climate conference ever. What makes it such? Well, because there's uh, very, very little time left to make the emissions cuts required to keep the planet from burning up. And this is one of the moments where heads of state have gathered and um, there are basically the ending of the Kyoto Protocol requires a replacement. And the big dispute here is whether that replacement will be uh, based on uh, binding agreements and the North having an obligation really to pay the damage done by climate change and it will increase dramatically in coming decades. And then whether uh, climate justice activists who have been shut out, they've been basically banned from any uh, political and protest activity, and, and so they're making their, their voice heard as best they can. Those are the two major processes in Paris. And one of the other criticisms is that uh, this is likely to be just another talk shop, um, and, and, and many would base that on the fact that rich nations have uh, been reneging on halving their gas emissions. Do you think that this is going to be different somehow? Well, you're absolutely right that the uh, Prior years have seen the Kyoto Protocol from 1997 violated in all manner of ways, and countries like Canada and, and uh, Russia and Japan just dropping out of it. Um, so the big dilemma is how does one get uh, legally binding obligations? And we heard yesterday President Jacob Zuma make that point that there has to be um, some mechanism. And, and in fact, I think ultimately the only one will have to be probably sanctions because I think if the United States in particular, the major historic polluter, is absolutely refusing in a brand new statement that uh, was leaked uh, to, to sort of a, what's called a non-paper, and their uh, obligation to cover the loss and damage suffered by the victims of climate change, they're absolutely denying. They deny the sort of liability. They're also introducing climate neutrality, meaning they won't really have to cut emissions. They can pay others to cut it through offsets and carbon trading. So these are technicalities, but they are part of the big question, who made, who, who caused the problem, who's going to pay to clean it up. I think South Africa stands a bit exposed because not only historically with the apartheid era's uh, high-intensity, carbon-intensity uh, emissions with uh, electricity, with the SASOL and, and ESCOM and so forth, with, with coal. We have new coal-fired generators. We have coal exports. We have fracking. We have oil exploration. with a sort of suburban sprawl which uh, amplifies the, the carbon intensity of our daily lives. All of these things are also going to be uh, looked back at South Africa, playing a very important role as the chair of the G77. Where does South Africa stand, with the U.S. or with Africa? It's an open question. It is an, an interesting question uh, because, uh, you know, what would Africa as a continent then uh, be bringing to this conference? What sort of issues would they be raising? Well, I hope they bring the same kind of uh, firm resolve that we've seen African delegates uh, use in the past. And I'm thinking of Seattle 1999 and Cancun 2003. Those were World Trade Organization events where, like this one, big deals were being negotiated, and the African delegates held firm and pulled out. Actually, South Africa in both cases was, was against the African delegates. And I think given that Africa has been um, very clearly um, identified as the continent most at risk with uh, five, six, seven degree increases in temperature and, and nine out of ten peasants unable to grow uh, food and, and maybe 180 million people dying early unnecessarily this century, all the scientists are coming in with these dire projections. It really is time for a the African delegates to, to be as strong as they've been in the trade negotiations at times, 
and also for South Africa to choose the side of Africa and not, as they did in Copenhagen, the last big summit. Uh, they chose the side of, of BRICS plus the U.S., and that's the big question, is the, is the um, tendency of South Africa to move upwards and gaze at the um, advanced industrial and, and high-pollution countries as its partner. Is that going to be too tempting again? You mentioned Copenhagen and um, the projections. Uh, is this conference going to address uh, that report that was leaked during, uh, during the Copenhagen summit, which showed that the Earth's temperature had um, not increased one bit? Oh, indeed, it has increased. And uh, this year is the hottest uh, year on record. And, and we've had about, out of the last 20 years, about eight of them have been the hottest years prior recorded. You know, the, the, the surface temperature goes in waves, but 97% of of the uh, scientists out there will, will agree that climate change is a real problem. It's going to uh, really threaten uh, our many, many species on Earth and also that it's caused by humans. And so we can do something. That's the most important point we have to remember. And, you know, in Sundays, Saturday, Sundays events, uh, uh, Durban, Cape Town, Joburg marches, 875,000 people around the world in 2,300 different places. In a way, that's the future because these guys in the, in the, in the climate uh, summits are regularly unable to break through the power relationship and it really will be the kinds of protests and activism at local level. Even just last week in uh, KwaZulu-Natal at the Infolozi uh, Wilderness Reserve, the Fulani peasants nearby were able to protest enough um, along with their allies, the conservationists, trying to protect the white rhinos that they've stopped a big coal plant by Abutu Coal connected to Glencore and, and BHP Billiton from going ahead. That's the kind of micro-action, I think, uh, that these 2,300 different protests around the world this weekend on climate, that's uh, what we pr- uh, pretend, I think, uh, for the future, uh, given that there's not too much chance that these guys in Paris will come up with a degree, a two-degree uh, limit that will save the planet. So what can we expect from them in the next uh, few days? Well, we'll expect the three-degree um, uh, deals. These are the INDC, the Intended Nationally Determined Contributions. INDC is one of these terrible jargon, uh, you know, we have to get familiar with. And I think the, um, the U.S. will continue to resist climate justice, that is, that they have a liability to pay for the damage they've caused and that this damage is differentiated with poor people suffering more. And I think we'll also see a revival of what's called carbon trading, which is the privatization of the air, trying to sort of sell the right to pollute. Um, and so I don't expect a particularly good deal. They'll probably celebrate a deal at the end of the day, which will be on the, the, the 12th, Saturday, the 12th of December. But, you know, I think uh, around the world people are smart enough to know, no, no, these are just uh, <laughs> elite leaders uh, clapping each other on the back for doing deals that protect their own fossil fuel industries, really. That's probably, uh, if I'm cynical and I look at what happened in Durban at the COP17 December 2011, right, four years ago, pretty much the same thing. And it really is going to therefore require much more grassroots action. Mm. So I think we can safely say the Kyoto Protocol, it will be jettisoned and a new agreement needs to be adopted. Uh, Will we see the bigger nations actually ratifying that? Uh, Possibly if it's voluntary. In other words, if they just simply say, oh, we we, will pledge. But if there's a real legal liability and it's binding, then the U.S. will simply say, no, no, we have crazy people in the U.S. Congress that are called Republicans and they don't uh, even believe in climate change, so they're not going to uh, actually ratify anything that we agree on. So that's where the U.S. has got this trump card, which is they've got this small group of uh, terribly reactionary, uh, backward <laughs> uh, folk who don't want to do any deal, and therefore Barack Obama comes to the table um, saying, all I'm, all I'm going to be able to do is a voluntary pledge. And that will be terribly disappointing if you look at the reality of what we need to do.
to cut emissions. Uh, it's certainly not going to come out of Paris if that's the if that's the outcome.